75 years of racing at Martinsville Speedway, one of NASCAR's original tracks. Sure was like a grandfather clock. That's right, buddy. We'll fight hard for you in here. You do the same for us out there. Hey, boys, Martinsville. The fun one's been grinded out here. Four to lap. How we doing there, Austin? Up here freezing my tail off. I'd find a sweet if I was you in that heat. Temperature here in the low 40s. Track is ready. Tires are pumped up. These guys are ready to do battle. Everybody still shifting? Yes. Yeah. You're loose right now? Yeah, I think I just pissed off my rear tire. Am I down shifting way too early? No, you've been right in between both guys. Well, smoking a little bit. I don't know if that's just brake smoke. Everybody's got a little color in their brakes. Probably better flip our front fans on, please. Chase Elliott out in front, and that means that Hendrick Motorsports has just become the first race organization ever to lead 10,000 laps in the Cup Series at a single track. The green checker right here. All right, good job, bud. See if, uh, if he wants to do the teammate restart, I can let him down off a two. Now Williams wanted to know if you want to do a teammate thing here. We're working each other, getting in line. I just have at it. Height, that's fine. Chase said he's good with that. Okay, support. Ready, ready. So teamwork right there. William Byron lets the nine down. We had to gain about three more spots up there, I think, because the 48 wasn't just a fucking jump. Yeah, he kind of screwed us. Lots of traffic. Let him do the heavy work. He can keep himself cool. I can't not arc the corner one turn. Build loose in, loose off. You're never going to pass anybody, ever. Or he needs to go. Go get another one, P9 now. That's all an ass. Here's Austin. I'm telling you, just within the last 10 laps, past three or four cars, long run speed is definitely underneath him. Suarez right on you. Chase gets a boot from Daniel Suarez. Hey, how about that? Why, Suarez? Why? Daniel getting the lap back. Chase Elliott wins the stage. William Byron finishes second. And we're open this time. Clean in, clean out, four, field three, two, four, wheel right. Go, 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 go. All the way, all the way, all the way. And William Byron beats Chase Elliott to the timing line. Awesome stop, guys. 208 laps remain here tonight. Here they come off turn number four. Green flag. All rolling. Clear. All clear exits. Right on you. He's not afraid to use the bump, obviously. Order, bumper, clear, 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 clear. I know you never want to be the first one to hit, but Jesus, this sucks. Remember that 12 brake check move when you guys are making Find something. I don't know what. Just try to piss out of their own entry. I'm getting all I get on entry, dude. It's possible to go farther. Wow, Truex came out and almost cleaned out a bunch of cars and turned three problems. Either a wheel fall off or one of them flat. There goes our right? Smoke off lane 11. Denny Hamlin off the pace. Cross it, cross it, cross it, cross it, cross it. Turn out for three off of turn four. I went to pump two, it didn't do anything. Yeah, I tried to get it fired up. It's not gonna. You guys, go get him. Go, go, go. Go get him. Go get him. 84 laps to go, man. You can go win this thing. Ready. Right to it now. Right to Mark's rhythm. Three wide. Kyle Busch way on the outside. Turning into idiots back there behind us. We are way better long run than him, but this thing goes green. We'll take him. 
We only did one thing to make the car better tonight. What the do you think we're supposed to do better? We have no track motor moves and we have no freight rubber. No, maybe we should just keep talking about it and see if I can shift. Leader in heavy traffic, William Byron. First time I think of like the 99 is right now. Seven, seven board. Caution! Todd Gilliland is up into the outside wall! Well, green, white checker. I don't know what you want to do. Good luck. <laughs> Top five. Stay here by safe. We're good. Copy. Front row if we can get it, right? And opposite of P2, I would say. Headed to overtime. Green, white, checker, finish coming your way. Here we go. Dead heat restart as they hit turn one, but away is William Byron. Half three quarters. Be perfect here. Be perfect. White flag here. Go get him. Is he going to move him? He is. Shots in the back of him. Back to the gas. Come on, bud. William Byron comes off turn four. He will win tonight in Clarksville. Oh, yeah, baby. Awesome. Heck yeah, buddy. Great job. Oh, man. You guys are awesome. That thing was awesome. Welcome back to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. My name is Mike Haig. I am the motorsports editor and publisher at Race Day San Antonio or RaceDaySA.com and also the co-host here at TrackSmack Radio. And today there is no Dawn Hall. She is out this week. I am filling in for her this week because she actually has a case of laryngitis. So you, can you imagine Dawn laryngitis as much as she loves to talk and everything? And she has been told by her doctor that she needs to keep it quiet this week and not use her voice. So I'm flying the ship solo. So hang in there and bear with me today, please. First off, I want to credit and give thanks to Fox Sports and NASCAR for the radioactive that opened up the show today. And as you were listening, you heard that William Byron was a big winner in the cup race on Saturday night. Now, actually, he opened up the weekend scoring a big victory in the truck race on Thursday night. And then Brandon Jones took the win in the Xfinity Series race on Friday night. Now, before we talk about the cup race, let's go back to Thursday night to the truck race. And we had William Byron getting the victory Thursday night in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It was his only his second start in the truck series since 2016. He had a blown engine that knocked him out of last year's Nashville race, but he did exceptionally well winning the truck race on Thursday night. Johnny Sauter took second. Kyle Busch was third. John Hunter Nemechek was fourth. Ben Rhodes was fifth. Chandler Smith was sixth. Matt Crafton was seventh. Grant Enfinger was eighth. Zane Smith was ninth. And Tyler Ankrum finished in the 10th spot. We had nine lead changes among six drivers. There was 11 cautions for 71 lap, but it was William Byron who took the win on Thursday night in the truck race. Now, on Saturday night, all the big action took place after the race was over. All hell broke loose, you might want to say, when there was a fight that went down between Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer. Now, if you're wondering how it all went down, here is some audio courtesy of Fox Sports and NASCAR of the fight between Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer on pit road at the finish of the race Friday night at Martinsville. Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer. Helmet's on. Coleman talked about the fact they've been racing each other for a long time. Oh, there's a point. Ty Gibbs going after Sam Mayer, and we've got a fight at Martinsville. 
He ain't let him go. <laughs> Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can see Ty's frustration there. I, you know, Sam's running hard to try to get to hundred grand. Oh wow, that was for a hundred thousand right there, for sure. And this is pit road after. <laughs> I think you told him to take his helmet off. What do you think? Now this all started. Ty got out of his car and went to Sam as soon as they parked on pit road. And here's what was said on the 54 radio before he got to the pit lane. Yeah, be smart, but come on, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't, dude. Don't. We don't need that, man. Yeah, I mean. trying to calm him down. Yeah, I, it's. He crossed the line, though, right? I mean, you yeah, can't. You can't, I mean, uh, you know, you can't be running. You can't be running people over after the race under, you know, a lot under yellow. Speed. I mean, I, I mean, he. You know, Ty's young. I mean, he, he's still young. Obviously, he's had a lot of success, but he's still a young guy, and he's learning, trying to figure it out. And here's how all this got started. Late in the race, Jones dives the inside of Joe Gibbs racing teammate Ty Gibbs as the call 811 before you dig 250 went to a second overtime. Now, Jones cleared Gibbs on the second circuit, which was lap 261, and he got to the finish line actually 0.677 seconds ahead of Landon Castle as Sam Mayer bumped Gibbs's Toyota and squeezed him into the outside wall off the final corner, and that set off the melee on pit road after the race. Now, while Mayer and Gibbs tangled A.J. Allendinger ended up taking third place and the $100,000 Xfinity Dash for Cash bonus that goes to the highest finisher among four eligible drivers, a group that also included Mayor and Gibbs. So as you can see, this is also what set off this fight that took place on Pit Road, which ended up being kind of funny because Ty Gibbs wouldn't take his helmet off and that stirred up a lot of controversy among the fans who they thought he should have taken his helmet off and been a man and fought like a man. Now the pit reporters caught up with Gibbs and Mayer after the fight took place that everybody kind of settled down and was broken up. And here's what both drivers had to say. Ty, first the, uh, the frustration that you had on the restart and then the conversation that you had with Sam. Yeah, well, I tried to talk to him and he got all on my face. So, you know, one, at that point, you got to, we got to start fighting, but you know, it just, we got put in the bad position there. Um, and I, the only thing I'm mad about is this one didn't have anything that he had, you know, he wasn't going to get past the 16 there and I just got hit in the left rear, but it's just frustrating. I just got driven the fence to the end, but you know, I was on the other side of it last week. So that's just part of it. Sam, talk me through just what happened those uh, last laps, that last overtime. Yeah, we were just – I had – because that race starts the 19 push the pull up the racetrack. So, at that point, um, the race win was out of my hands. So, I had the $100,000 in my, in my sights, and uh, I was going to do what I had to do to try to get that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I put the bump to him. That was – it was, like, in my – in my opinion, we talked in the trailer, and like it was just a clean bump run, and the ten kind of stuck it in there and kind of got us both crossed up, and that's kind of what where it kind of went to crap. But like I just put the bump to him, he came back over, he was upset, and decided to throw a couple punches. But it's fine by me. We talked about it. We'll be good going forward, especially in the Talladega. That's a place where you don't want to be enemies. So 
we're going to move on and be a-okay, keep our head down and go out to try to get a win next week or next time. Gotcha. Did anything specific was said or that escalated things on pit road or just heat of the moment type stuff? Heat of the moment type stuff. I mean, I think it's more I was just trying to get his attention and he took it the wrong way. And it just keeps, he just snapped. I mean, that's what I say, just snapping. Nothing, anything horrible, but it's just part of part of the sport. And so the discussion, you guys, I know there's some history there, but is it as best you can tell behind you guys and try to resolve it? I mean, the way the words work, exchange all are definitely behind us. Uh, we each had our last laugh, and we'll be professionals from now on. And there you go. That's courtesy of Fox Sports and NASCAR. So you decide who you think is correct on that one. And uh, again, and once again, it really stirred up a lot of uh, talk on the internet amongst fans on Twitter and Facebook and different other social media platforms. Now, speaking of social media, Kenny Wallace, former NASCAR driver. Everybody knows who Kenny, Kenny is. Kenny's uh, quite the character. Well, Kenny <laughs> jumped in and did a video and uh, he had a, Kenny is always quite funny. I've always found him to be just hilarious and he's not afraid to speak his mind and say what he, what he thinks. Well, here's what Kenny Wallace had to say about this fight between Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. Hold on. Let me turn my Fox news down. <laughs> Emergency press conference. Ty Gibbs does not take his helmet off, and the crowd goes wild. You all are missing the point. We just had complete entertainment, drama at its best. You all have a new villain. Boy, does that mean Kyle Busch is the good guy now? <laughs> at my age, I've seen it all. This is wonderful. I love your passion. Did you see Sam Mayer's eye? Boy, oh boy. All right, I love you all. Y'all are fantastic. Uh, all, all I can say is I agree with Nick Hoffman. Y'all wanted it. You got it. It fighting ain't fair sometimes. You know, I mean, I watch, I watch that one man bite that man's ear off. <laughs> Y'all are making this serious. It's a damn race car race. These guys going around at a high rate of speed in a circular rotation. <laughs> he didn't take his helmet off. Be a man. Hey, he didn't take his helmet off. Let's, let's go after him. <laughs> I see things from a different viewpoint. <laughs> it's funny. It's entertainment. <laughs> Love you all. Thank you. Thank you for being as passionate. Y'all are so passionate, and that makes me happy. <laughs> you got to love Kenny Wallace there. I mean, uh, it is entertainment, and it is funny. And, you know, uh, this is what NASCAR made itself known for is little feuds like this. Look at the fights we've seen over the years and the controversy in, in the heat of the moment. Now, this is uh, the second race of a three-race three short track uh, schedule. We had Richmond last week. We had Martinsville this weekend. And then 
on uh, this coming weekend, Easter weekend, we're going to be at Bristol for the dirt race uh, on Sunday, on Easter Sunday. So, uh, but these tracks, uh, when the guys get on these tracks and beat and bang on each other, tempers get short. And they're at the point of the season right now where they're trying to get a win to get into the playoffs and for their respective uh, classes and whether it be the trucks, Xfinity or cup. And so this is something that these guys want to, you know, get these victories and get locked in and uh, it's starting to get tense and stress uh, stresses on these guys. So uh, plus when you're racing for a hundred thousand dollars like that, uh, uh, I might be fighting at the end of the race too, if that had happened to me. So uh, anyway, but uh, gotta love Kenny Wallace there. I had to play that for you. That's courtesy of Kenny's uh, Twitter page, the video that he did there. So gotta love Kenny Wallace. Now, one more note about the NASCAR Xfinity race that was held on Friday night. Dale Earnhardt Jr. finished 11th in the race. He returned for a rare appearance in a stock car. You know, he's a retired driver. But Bob Pockers from Fox Sports caught up with him. Here's what. Dale had to say when he talked to Bob. Finish, that was fun. Man, I made so many spots through that wreck down there. And uh, so I got turned around, you know, just, just the way it goes on them late restarts. Everybody jacked up. I was trying to push the 39, and everybody that, that was behind me was coming. I turned around down there. But then they had that wreck, and we gained all these spots back. So I'll take 11. Our car was terribly tight, and we worked on it. Took a lot of wedge out and made a lot of air pressure adjustments. Finally got it running pretty good there, but I needed the green flag run. When that yellow come out with 30 to go, I didn't, that wasn't helping us. We was way too tight on a cold tire. Uh, you got into Josh there that one time. Josh, um, right across my right front, Bob. Didn't you see it? Well, I... <laughs> what do you think? Nobody will tell me the truth. You can tell me the truth. I, um, I you think I ran into him. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if here's the thing: if I'm running against a guy who's only running once a year, I'm hoping that he gives he gives me a little bit more than he I, takes, wait, right? I only I gotta get all I can out of one race. He gets the race every week. It's the opposite, Bob. All right. <laughs> Thank you. And there you go. That's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Once again, that's courtesy of Bob Pockers and Fox Sports. The audio there. Great to see Jr. back in the car. I really wish we could see more of him racing in the, in the cup side again. I really miss him as a driver, and um, he's such a great guy. Now, back to the cup race. So, on Saturday night, we had the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400 at NASCAR's short track. They call the paperclip. It's a 5.526-mile short track. And William Byron gets the victory uh, late in the race there. He led 212 of 403 laps. His teammate and pole winner, Chase Elliott, led the first 185 laps. And it appeared as Elliott was going to win that race. But Hendrick Motorsports now has surpassed 10,000 laps led at Martinsville. And they became the first cup organization to hit number at a single track. So that's a lot of laps led there at a, one particular track. Now, the race ended up going to an overtime period, and Byron crossed the finish line 0.303 seconds ahead of runner-up Joey Logano, who tried to get as close as he could to Byron's Chevrolet in the final corner, but just didn't have enough room to make the pass for the win. So, rounding out the top 10 in the field was Austin Dillon took third, Ryan Blaney was fourth, Ross Chastain, here's another great finish for him, he finishes fifth, Kurt Busch was sixth, his brother Kyle Busch was seventh, Eric Amarola was eighth, Chase Briscoe was ninth, and Chase Elliott was tenth. Now, before we go any further, let's hear from William Byron. He talked to the media in the post-race press conference on Saturday night. Here's what he had to say about the win and whether or not the truck race on Thursday night helped him get in the winner's circle. The pace was certainly high. You know, I don't think I ever 
I could never relax. You know, I could never save, I save tire by just not sliding the tires, but not, you know, I never could back up and like save tire and things like that. But I think it's just really cold temps and you know, anytime it's below 40 degrees, I'd say, you know, the, the tires don't even lay rubber. Um, so that was, that was definitely a factor all night, but normal short track stuff, like take care of your, your rear tires and all those things. And I felt like we did a good job of that. Rudy made some great adjustments. Um, there probably the mid, mid, mid portion of the race got us, um, a little bit better and, you know, just had to manage when we got to traffic and had to be aggressive with certain guys to kind of, you know, either move them or get them off offline to, uh, to pass them and, and set our gap from there. I thought, I thought as soon as we got our car a little bit better, we could work through lap traffic and kind of build the lead. It's different, but Martinsville, like any short track you go to, it's rhythms, rhythm. So you, you know, you find that, you find that rhythm. And I felt like in the truck, I I was able to find that rhythm pretty well in that last long run that we had towards the end of, of that race. And just, it's always fun just racing other stuff. I, I've, I don't know why I didn't do more short track racing, you know, throughout the last few years, but it's, it's been a lot of fun to go back to the short tracks and, you know, be with great people on the late model side. And, um, there's, you know, little things here and there that they've taught me that I feel like have, have helped me. And, um, all those things, all those little tidbits pay off. Now I mentioned that Joey Logano finished second in the race. He had mixed emotions about how he felt after that event. Now he had a strong second place finish, but he would rather have finished first. Believe it or not, he extended his winning streak to 37 races now that he has not been in victory lane. Jamie Little caught up with Joey after the race. Here's what Joey had to say. So many unknowns coming into this race. Your perspective on just what it was like with this car. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a good race down to the end. Really hard to pass. Um, yeah, I felt like, man, if I just had a better restart, the restart before that, um, I think I chose the wrong lane and um, got the three in front of me. And I just got stuck behind him, couldn't pass him. And uh, maybe I could have had something for the 24 in that long haul, if not. But um, just that final restart there, uh, you know, had a front row. It's, it's what you can ask for. Got cleared to second. And, uh, you know, William kind of messed up off of four and let me get to him. Uh, and he did a really good job at brake checking the two-third, right? Which is, I mean, it's a good job. He did, he did what he's supposed to do and kind of got me all stuffed up behind him. And I couldn't uh, accelerate off the corner and be as close as I needed to be down at the three to to execute the old bump and run. So um, couldn't get uh, couldn't get quite to him, but um, his corner entry was really strong too, which I think allowed him to get in there pretty strong. So um, overall, the Shell Penzo Mustang had a solid run. Just uh, hate being that close to winning and, and, and not making it happen, but uh, big points today. And uh, it just stings. Second just sucks sometimes. <laughs> That's all. Yes, it does suck sometimes, but uh, Joey, I think you're going to get a victory pretty soon. And once again, that's audio's provided courtesy of Fox Sports and NASCAR. Now, uh, finishing third in the race was Austin Dillon. Austin had a strong run in the number three car. Here is what Austin had to say after the race on Saturday night. Career finish here at Martinsville. And Austin, we didn't have to wait to the end to talk about you coming on. We talked about you all race long. So are you excited where you finished or are you bummed because you were so close? Well, um, you know, I'm a little bummed. You know, I like to pride myself and when we get those situations is, is being clutch. And that was anything but that on that last restart. I spun the tires pretty good through the gears. And once I got back in line there, I had some grip. And I feel like, you know, we had good forward drive all night long. And I just felt like if we got through the gears, we're going to have a shot at them. But our at bioethanol chevy was really fast our guys we we've been working our tails off i'm not gonna 
say we haven't because we've been in the simulator. We've been working really hard to make this car as good as possible. We want to get RCR a win, and that's what we're here racing for. Um, I want to shout out to my wife and Ace back at home and thank the good Lord for bringing us a good run. That was a lot of fun. Three straight top tens for Austin Dillon. Yes, indeed. Three top ten finishes now, and I think once again he's going to get a victory this season. Just keep an eye on him. And if he keeps finishing strong like that, he's bound to wind up in victory lane before too long. Now, I saw on the Internet that a lot of fans were complaining about this race being kind of long, drawn out and boring. And I, I kind of have to agree it wasn't a very good short track race. I really thought that Richmond and Martinsville would have been a lot better uh, competition, you might say. But one of the things um, about this race, there were only five lead changes among four drivers. So we didn't have... A lot of guys getting up there in the front and leading this race. There were only four cautions for 36 laps. And the margin of victory, again, was 0.303 seconds. The time in the race was two hours and 40 minutes and 30 seconds long. And the average speed was 79.244 miles per hour. Well, besides the NASCAR race at Martinsville this weekend, we also had the IndyCar Series. The NTT IndyCar Series was back at it. They were at Long Beach, California. Joseph Newgarden is a Long Beach Grand Prix winner. A lot of work today, wasn't it? Sure. I wasn't going to give this one up to you guys. I saw that. Come around here and get the flag. Oh, man, it was close. It was close today. We tried. Ah, that win! Next time. Long Beach, guys. Long Beach. It's been a while. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Joseph Newgarden, he kept Team Penske unbeaten in all three NTT IndyCar Series races this season. It was his second consecutive win of 2022, and he captured the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach in a three-way battle in Southern California. Now, Newgarden earned his first Long Beach victory in the number two Hitachi Team Penske Chevrolet. He held off Romain Grosjean and in the number 28 DHL Honda and reigning series champion Alex Ballou and the number 10 NTT data Chip Ganassi Racing Honda. Now, Grosjean tied his career best by finishing second, with Ballou rounding out the top podium in third. Now, 2014 series champion Will Power, he finished fourth in the number 12 Verizon Penske Chevrolet. Team Penske has claimed at least two of its first four spots at the finish in all three races this season. And the last time Team Penske won the first three races of the season was back in 2012. Chip Ganassi Racing did it in 2020 and was the last IndyCar Series team to open with the season with three straight victories. Now, Pato Award rounded out the top five in his number five Aero McLaren SP Chevrolet. That was his first top 10 result of the 2022 season. Now, rounding out the top 10 is Scott Dixon in sixth. Graham Rahal was seventh. Alexander Rossi took eighth. Elio Castanevis was ninth. And rookie Kyle Kirkwood finished in the 10th spot. Now, we caught up with winner Joseph Newgarden in the media center after the race. Here's what Joseph had to say. It's a huge pleasure to finally be able to win around this place. I've been coming here for 11 years. I remember my first race here in 2011. I was running in the Indy Lights, and um, I stuffed the car in the fence with about two to go in, in turn eight. And, um, you know, I, I just I was leading and literally two to go. And so I, I've never had a, a victory here. So it's pretty special to finally get one. Um, yeah, just really, really, really pleased for the, the team, the two car, you know, the, the funniest bit about this whole weekend was when I left this press conference yesterday after qualifying, 
there was some dude from the LA Times and he came up to me like right before I hit the stairs and he goes, hey, hey, Joseph, Joseph, it's this dude. He goes, Joseph, one question. At what point does Colton Herta check out tomorrow? Like, when is that? And I thought it was just such a bizarre question. And I went to bed last night and I go, you know what? I said, that kid is not checking out tomorrow. There's no way. He's just not going to do it after I heard this from this person. Um, and he didn't. You know, we came here. We came here to fight. Alex Pillow was super fast today. I thought he was a very deserving winner if it would have played out that way. And I thought we were quick today and we put up a good race. And so I'm just really, I'm really proud of our team. I thought they, they fought. They fought hard this weekend. And, um, you know, sometimes you might not be quite the quickest, but if you you know fight really hard and you come with a good game plan, you can get the job done. And I feel like that's how we perform this weekend. And what a great victory for New Garden. Don and I saw him at uh, Texas Motor Speedway a few weeks ago, and that was a great race. So they're on a roll right now. Now, two-time series champion New Garden took the points lead with his 22nd career IndyCar Series victory. He leads teammate Scott McLaughlin, who won the season opener at St. Petersburg by 118 to 113. McLaughlin finished 14th in his number three snap-on team, Penske Chevrolet. Now, we also have audio today from Alex Ballou. Here's what Alex had to say after the race on Sunday. Yeah, it was a good day for us. Um, started third. We had to uh, be a bit aggressive with the strategy there to try and uh, beat Newgarden and uh, Colton there on the first stop. We did, and, and the guys did an amazing strategy, amazing stop, um, and we came out on P1. Then we were leading for some laps, but I could see that we were lacking a bit of speed compared to Joseph. Uh, we had to pit because the... We, we pitted two laps earlier, so we had no, not a lot of fuel, and he got us. So it was a good battle with him on track as well. I think it was on the limit, but uh, we tried, both of us. Uh, he won today, and then on the restart with uh, Roma, and I couldn't uh, really do much. Um, with I was really bad out of the hairpin. He was really good uh, all the race, and also with red tires. So, um, yeah, not much I could have done, but uh, it, it was a good day for the 10 car. Yes, it was. Now, a couple stats about the race. There were five lead changes among five different drivers. Joseph Newgarden led 32 laps. Colton Herta led 28 laps. Alex Ballou, 22 laps. Will Power led two laps. And Devin DeFrancisco led one lap in the race. There was also four cautions for 14 laps. And the time in the race, it took an hour and 46 minutes and 48 seconds to complete. The fastest lap was 105.372 miles per hour on lap 29 by Alex Pillow. And the fastest lap leader was Will Power on lap 30. He went 105.244 miles per hour. Now, the next event will be the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama presented by AM First. That race will be held on May 1st at Barber Motorsports Park. Well, all right, next up on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule is the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. This race will be held on Sunday, April the 17th, Easter Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. The purse is going to be a $7 million purse. You can watch it on Fox starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also hear it on PRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. The race will be a 125-mile, 250-lap race. 
We'll also have the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series on the weekend schedule as well. That race will be held on Saturday. It's going to be called the Pinty's Truck Race on Dirt. You can see it on Saturday, April 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. That will be broadcasted on FS1 starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central. That can also be heard on MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. And that race is going to be a 75-mile, 150-lap race. This is going to be the first time that the next-gen car will be racing at Bristol. Last season, we had the NASCAR Cup Series competing in its first-ever dirt race at Bristol Motor Speedway. The series had not competed on dirt for over 50 years. And what they did, they brought in more than 23,000 cubic yards of dirt that were hauled in to create the temporary dirt track surface. It's really a sight to be seen, is what my friends tell me that have been there. Last year's race featured 39 cars. The event saw five lead changes among five different drivers. And it was Team Penske's Joey Logano who ended up taking the checker flag over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. by a mere .554 second margin of victory. Now, if you remember last year, we had all the rain right before the race, and then it created a big dust storm once they got the track uh, dried and everything. And uh, so it was just a complete dusty disaster almost last year. It was real hard for the drivers to see. So hopefully we'll see some better dirt track racing this year when we have the race this weekend. Now, uh, speaking of controversy around this race, Richard Petty made a comment recently about the uh, dirt track racing uh, for NASCAR is not professional enough. And we sh- NASCAR Cup Series uh, cars should not be racing on dirt. Leave that to the um, other series and the, the, and the other tracks uh, around the country that uh, kind of feed into the NASCAR system. So uh, a lot of controversy there. Now, now Kyle Busch this last week got into the mix of it all. He had a few things to say. Here's what Kyle's comments were about racing on dirt. Uh, just know a little bit more about the dirt landscape than I did a year ago, but otherwise the same. Do you feel if, if it doesn't go as well as people are hoping it does next week, do you want us, would you be want them to continue the dirt thing at a different track and on another dirt track or just cut the cord and it's not cut the cord okay as richard petty said dirt takes our sport backwards kyle jgr is nearing the 200 win mark what would win 200 mean for you uh i mean it would be special uh would mean a lot but not that big a deal i got the most of them why why is uh, it's it's a mess it's just not our cars the tracks it's, it's not indicative of putting on a good dirt show i've seen good dirt shows racing in uh you got buddy in your truck next week making his first start is that something that you do talk with him or or, or is there much to do or did you get the people there already in place to kind of get through it or what are you interested in seeing out of it? Um, I mean, that's a TRD development driver yeah. from the dirt world. So, you know, it'd be nice to have him get in there and run well, but these big heavy stock cars on dirt is entirely different than what he's accustomed to. So uh, he'll be with a good team with Marty and those guys who won there last year with Martin. So would think that if he opens his ears and listens, they should pay off. And there you go. There's Kyle Busch and his comments that he made regarding the controversy on whether or not NASCAR should be racing on dirt. Now, personally, um, I kind of liked it last year. It's something different. I thought it was pretty neat. Uh, It was the first year. 
you know, we had all the rain and everything at Bristol. So that was a big factor this year with the next gen car. I think it's going to be another uh, year of testing the track and testing the concept on whether or not dirt racing will work with this new car. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, but I'm all for trying something new. And uh, if it brings, you know, fans to the stands and puts butts in the, in the seats, uh, I say, let's do it. Let's keep it. And let's try it a few more years. And if it doesn't work, maybe after a year or two, then get rid of it and uh, go back to racing just on the pavement uh, and asphalt tracks. Now, one of the drivers going to be competing in the dirt track race this weekend is Alex Bowman, driver of number 48 Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Alex was uh, asked the question this past week, how does he think the next gen car is going to work on this uh, dirt track at Bristol? And uh, what is his thoughts and comments about it? So here's what Alex had to say about racing on the dirt track at Bristol. Yeah, so it's all, it feels all new again, right? With uh, with a new car and, and not knowing what to expect on, on how the car drives. So uh, looking forward to it. I think it being a night race is obviously a great call. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully we eliminate some of the struggles from last year, whether it's the dust or the mud and the just lack of being able to see, really. Uh, I would like to be able to see where my race car is traveling. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I think as far as dirt tracks that are that size, like you're the same, same things are going to happen wherever we go with, with vision and stuff. Um, you know, I think like Arca is a good example of, of being able to make it work really successfully, but they're running basically on rubber, uh, when they go to the miles. So, um, I don't know. I think that dirt thing's really cool. I enjoy it. Uh, we were really strong last year until we broke a transmission. So I'm all for it. Um, hopefully the sequential is a little harder to break for me and, and we, <laughs> I don't create my own issue there again and have to ride around in third gear all day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fun. The cars are really fun to drive. Uh, obviously it pre presents its own unique set of challenges and we've only had one try to get it right so far. And, um, I think, you know, the, the more we do it, the, the better it's going to get. Now, with eight races underway so far this season, we have Chase Elliott leading the point standings. Ryan Blaney is second. William Byron is third. Joe Logano is currently ranked fourth. Ross Chastain is fifth. Alex Bowman, who we just heard from, he's ranked sixth. Martin Truex Jr. is seventh. Eric Amarola is eighth. Kevin Harvick is ninth. Kyle Busch is tenth. Chase Briscoe is eleventh. Tyler Redrick is twelfth. Kyle Larson is thirteenth. Austin Cindric is in fourteenth. Austin Dillon is fifteenth. And Kurt Busch is in 16 those are the top 16 drivers that would make the playoffs if, if, if it ended today the regular season so eric jones daniel suarez christopher bell and chris busher are right outside the top 16 they occupied the 17 through the 20 20th spots there around that top 20 now to close out the show this week i want to go ahead and give our picks dawn is as i told you at the beginning of the show is suffering from laryngitis we hope to have her back in the captain's chair in the driver's seat next week so dawn hope you get to feeling better and hope you get that voice back she wanted me to give you her picks so we'll go with her picks first then i'll tell you mine now for the win this week she's going to take kyle larson her long shot driver is daniel suarez and a really really long shot driver is kyle bush so she's got three great picks there for the win at bristol uh i'm going to go for chase elliott for the win i think chase is, is 
do here for another victory. Looking down the list here, I'm thinking about gambling a little bit. Again, I'm going to go Martin Trix Jr. as my long shot. And my really, really, really long shot this week is going to be Kurt Busch in the number 45 car. I think he is going to um, be my uh, pick for that there. And so there you have it. There's today's show. Hopefully everyone has a great Easter weekend and enjoys the Bristol race on Sunday. Once again, my name is Mike Haig. I'm co-host here at TrackSmack. Don't forget to check out my website racedaysa.com for race day san antonio i'm the editor and publisher there be sure to check out our website for all of our stories and pictures and photo albums and interviews and everything we have on deck we have the following week is the nhra race at baytown at the houston raceway park that'll be the following weekend i'll be traveling to houston to cover the race so be sure and check out my coverage uh of the races i'll start having some stories up um this weekend and be sure and check out our social media pages for that dawn and i have uh, from twitter and instagram and, and facebook we're all over the place so be sure and check us out we just want to thank you all for listening and i tell you we really appreciate all the support we get from our listeners and everything and let us know uh, if you'd like to hear something special or anything in particular send us an email or contact us on social media and once again we hope you have a great weekend and enjoy Easter and we'll see you soon. Boy, does that mean Cal Bush is the good guy now? <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.